This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, this is Alicia Wynn. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. Hi, this is Poppy from The Apprentice. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, I'm Holly Thornton, creator of Make It or Break It. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom. Hi, this is Christina Chaw from Survivor One World. Hi, my name is Josie Loren. I play Kaylee Cruz. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner from this season's Apprentice. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hallo, ich bin Nina Rausch und Sie hören sich gerade an. This is Alec Baldwin. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, this is Jenny Blatt from Love in the Wild. Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? You get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatduvetsaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studio Southwest in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who reads, who listens, who reads, your host, <laughs> Robert Bob Duvet. I am podcasting to you today from... My seat at the DNC. That's right, the Duvet National Couch here on the Upper West Side. Wow, are you a delegate for the Duvet National Couch? I am. I am indeed. I am rep- proudly representing the great state of New York. Wow. I'm glad that you've been delegated to do that. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of activity, flurry of activity over here. Yeah. Green wall is stacked. Oh, really? Tell me. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Uh huh. <laughs> this is a very, uh, you know, obviously it would make sense if we are actually podcasting from the Duvet National Couch. Yes. That we would have a bunch of political types, and we do. We have them as guests on the show today. Okay. Uh, hey, Rob, do we have any guests? Yes. Let me tell you about them. Tell me. We have, fresh from his history making speech, Former president and New York City native Bill Clinton here. Bill? Standing up against the green wall. Wow. He's a uh, bubba. I'll tell you, man, I came all the way down from Harlem to be on your show. I'm a big listener, and I love what you guys do. Wow. It's rare that we get a guest to actually talk on the show. Good. Uh, hello, Mr. President. How you doing, Jason? Big fan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I hear you gave a really great speech at the Duvet National Couch uh, last night. Oh, hell, man. I have no idea what I was talking about. I was so high on Sylvia's fried chicken from up in Harlem there. I didn't know what I was saying. I think it was just good to be out. Hey, that's great, Mr. President. Who else do we have uh, on the show? Rob? I'll tell you. <laughs> we have... Mexicans on the show. That's right. We have lots of Mexicans. Plenty of Mexicans are here, and they're all going to vote for President Obama. We got lots of women, too. We got chicks of all shapes and sizes, and they're going to vote for President Obama as well. Wow. And we, and we have a stool. We have who? A stool, man. A stool. Oh, a stool. Is it? Is it your own stool? Mr. President? Yeah, well, well, hey, hold on, Chase. What's that? Uh, well, I, can't, I can't say that. I can't tell him that. Oh, man, that would be terrible. Could you describe... I can't use that kind of language. Could you describe your stool to me? <laughs> would, would you recognize your stool if you came across it unexpectedly in a meadow, say, or on a moor? Goddamn Reba, I'm sweating balls up in here. Can you turn on the goddamn air conditioning? This guy's sweating me with all these questions. Hey, uh, it turns out I have a guest down here in Duvet Studios Southwest as well. Can you believe it? Who you you got, Chase? I have down here up against my uh, sliding glass door, uh, token Hispanic. Token Hispanic? 
I got all kinds of Mexicans behind me. This is one humdinger of a show. This is the churro of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. So what we down here in Los Angeles, we decided that to to uh, support the convention, we wanted to send in a token Hispanic. So we've got that person here. Oh, man, the token Hispanic's going to go great with all these broads we have behind me, man. We can get them all to vote en masse for President Barack Obama. We're going to She's going to be a shoo-in. Hey, uh, if anybody's offended by this, you can send us an email at <laughs> whatduvaysaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much when they show up. Uh, you know. I write to you guys all the time. What are you talking about? Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Leave us a, a review there in the iTunes store. Just search for What Do They Said. Find us on Stitcher Radio, Mevio.com, the Rogue 2 podcast, uh, right here where blimey. you're listening. But Yes, blimey. And you can give us a phone call at... That's 415-937-0445. That number's always live. Did I do it right, Rob? 937-0445. That's in the 415. Okay, great. Well, uh, Mr. President, thanks for coming in and saying hi. Uh, I'll get you get back to your Mexicans in your stool. <laughs> oh, how great was that? That was that was really exciting. What an orator! <laughs> oh God, did I really start off the show like that? Yeah, I guess so. Well, there could be worse. We could have had uh, could have had country lawyer talking to him. <laughs> I may just be a country lawyer. I must. I may. I say. I may just be a simple country lawyer. All right, man. Were you? Uh, is, uh, did you watch any of the convention, or were you like most Americans watching the football game? I watched the opening of the football game. That is to say, I saw Queen Latifah lip sync the "quote unquote" national anthem. Um, yeah, when she become a singer all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, really. Who is this Queen Latifah thinking that she can sing? Um, did you see her national anthem? I didn't. I was kind of going back and forth between the actual convention and the, uh, the football, the foosball game. Hey, I have a question for you about the sure. people who sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, um, or not the Super Bowl, the, at the football games or any major sporting event where they're lip syncing, mm -hmm. you know, they're obviously mm. lip syncing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can tell when people are lip syncing and when they're singing just by the way their vocal cords tighten and the expression on their face. It, there's, it's an obvious difference, right? Right. Um, if you're in a football stadium and the microphone isn't on anyway, why not just sing? And no one's going to hear you anyway. Good point. You're saying that they don't sing. They just mouth the words. Yeah, I believe that's what they're doing. Huh. Like on solid yeah. gold. I thought that the people they get to sing the national anthem were obligated to sing the national anthem. I don't think Queen Latifah was singing the national anthem. Ah, that that's troubling on so many levels. Well, okay, to answer your question, I watched the first two drives of the football game. Uh, and then I left because Wednesday night is poker night. Um, oh... So I went and played poker, and the convention, the real convention, was playing on the television in the other room. The wife of the person mm -hmm. who hosts poker was in the other room, and she was she was shouting and hooting along as if it were a football game. <laughs> she was like, yes! <laughs> and laughing, and ah, oh my god, and like shouting out things that uh, people were saying. She was really excited about it. That's funny. Um, the conventions to me are, it's, you know, talk about preaching to the converted. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I feel like and the the thing that was really annoying me about the convention and I knew this was going to be the case. Uh I I like to watch MSNBC even though I I can't stand watching it. I find all of the people that are, you know, talking heads on that channel to be just smug, smarmy and and know-it-alls and 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 just as partisan as the people that they try to lambast for their partisanship. I, could, I never you know remember. What I'm talking about. Yeah, but I never remember MSNBC exists. Like it never occurs to me. I will check CNN before anything, and when I get bored with CNN, I will switch to Fox, and I'll never remember that CNN MSNBC actually exists. And I know that Rachel Maddow's oh, on it, and you know it's supposed to yes. be. Yes. 
Yes. You know, I like Chris him. Matthews. Yeah. Uh, Ed Schultz. Sure, uh, sure. My favorite, my personal favorite, uh, the the Rev, Reverend Al Sharpton. He's on MSNBC, and he's your personal favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well, he's just because he doesn't ask questions; he just orates, and then at the very end, he'll say, "Isn't that right?" Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, but they're terrible, right? So I watched the Republican National Convention, and all they did was just, you know, pick apart all the fallacies and the, and and really like nitpick at the the placement of the people that that were, you know, scattered throughout the convention. Then they're then the convention, and mind you, I, I was under the impression media is supposed to be kind of bipartisan or nonpartisan, uh, um, unbiased, I believe, unbiased, yes. But then I see their reporting of the Democratic National Convention, and I mean, talk about, you know, Jesus, Jesus walking into the arena. Anytime anybody said anything, they were just like, I mean, that was a brilliant way of, of, of framing the, the, the lack of blah, 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 and this, that, and the other, and here's some Mexicans, and look at how diverse we are, and oh. Man, it was just insufferable. This was on MSNBC. They were saying, here comes a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's clear who they're going after, both parties. They, they want the Latino vote and they want the, the female vote. <laughs> the female vote. Yeah, because uh, well, I, was, I was about to say because, you know, females are disenfranchised. But then I realized, yeah, probably, probably true. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't want to get too deep into the the politics and the thing, but God, it's just terrible. The only, you know, that's the problem when you only have two choices. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it it it's really it it is. It's red and blue, yeah. Republican and Democrat. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus or Satan. Well, and it also gives the impression that those are the only two choices. And if you go with one or the other, then you can't get anything done from the other side. And basically nothing yeah. gets done at all anyway. Uh, that's what it seems like, right? I mean, basically, now that I pay attention to politics, unlike, you know, when I was younger, I, it seems like nothing has really truly been accomplished. If anything, we are kind of like steadily like going backward in time. Yeah, we're totally going backwards in time. It's 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 it, it, they're shooting for the 1950s, like the idea that the 1950s was the golden age of America, uh, mm -hmm. and the idea, you know, the the 50s were the golden age for America because the rest of the world was decimated by war, and they couldn't do anything else. So we had all sorts of land and standing buildings, and free people. Uh, not you know r rounded up and trying to find their own uh, their own state to live in because they were hated um, unless you were Japanese right well you know but uh, the you know so there was this great economic prosperity because we had to build stuff for the rest of the world and for ourselves and you know the soldiers came back and blah 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 but the idea that the morality and the ideals of the time are are true American values, and that's what we need to get back to, that's what equates the 50s, it doesn't, it doesn't jibe with me. That for some reason those values are what made America great, and that those were the great American values. Um, yes, yeah, separate, separate drinking fountains. We need to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah, we need to go back to separate drinking fountains. We, we we need we need we need women to just be relegated to the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Women should be in the kitchen. Uh, a man and a woman should be married to each other. Uh, we should listen to baseball on the radio. Have insurance salesmen knocking on your door in the middle of the day. That sort of thing. Fuller Brushman. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah, it's depressing. The whole thing's depressing. I'm getting depressed. Let's not talk about it anymore. I'm already depressed and it's too late. We've already talked about it. So Oh no. I know. Can't we roll it back to the nineteen fifties when everything was great? <laughs> Maybe we could, if there's anything in the news. Really? Uh, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of news. I've been looking at my usual sites and uh there's one that there was – it's a dead link, but the title was great. It says, Man Dies After Doc Takes Lunch During Kidney Operation. <laughs> wow. But if the link's gone, that might be an untruth. 
Oh, wait, it's up. It's up again. Oh. A 72-year-old man having a tumor removed from his kidney died after the chief anesthesiologist and nurse took a lunch break in the middle of the surgery. Really? Well. <laughs> Does that happen? I think they're probably union. It's those damn Democrats and their unions. Yeah, man. No wonder we need to bust up those unions. Totally. People taking lunch breaks during surgery. Bust them in their heads with a mallet. God, that's the last thing I want to worry about, in addition to all the other worries when you go under the knife, is having a doctor preoccupied with his bologna sandwich hovering just above you. Yeah, what? I mean, I wonder what part of the surgery they were in. Was there something that they needed to do? Like, it was like, okay, well, we can't do anything with this stomach open and the kidney tumor right there. Let's just pause. But the It was like, clamp. Hey, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> but it was just the anesthetist and the nurse, though. So the doctor was probably still working. He must have been sweating. Nurse! Nurse! Yeah, right? Scalpel! Scalpel! <laughs> Clamp! Shit! Help! <laughs> Sorry, I'm on my break. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so that's uh, that's one story. There we go. <laughs> Not A. <laughs> Great. Hey, how would you like to die? What? I'm just wondering, since we're talking about death and being on an operating table, what would, what, what would you think would be the best way for you to die? I thought we did this. I'm having deja vu. We have rolled it back to the 1950s. <laughs> I believe I said in my sleep, peacefully. Okay. I can arrange that. At a that. ripe old age. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, there you go. How about you? What say you? Uh, yeah, I think in my sleep as well. Maybe. Or in making love to the woman I love. That wouldn't be so hot for her, but it'd how, be good for me. How, how, yeah, I was going to say, how traumatizing for the woman you love. I was talking. Do you really love her? <laughs> if that's how you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. I love her so much that I want to die inside of her. <laughs> I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> I was uh, listening to a friend of mine describing a short film he wanted to make. And uh -huh. he wanted to show this guy, uh, you know, making love to a beautiful woman. And he was looking down at her and she was looking up at him and then suddenly he woke up and realized he was not having it he was not making love but he was actually up on top of a pizza and he goes oh then he goes oh because <laughs> he wakes up oh there's a pizza <laughs> oh no <laughs> it was a funny idea oh, kind, of, kind of both gross and funny at the same time that is that is both gross and funny but it's a man's wet dream and not a <laughs> right I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep you dancing back there. Wow. Every time I say that, listeners, Jason has to dance. Da, yeah, da. Hey, just in case you listeners were wondering, both Bob and I were expecting to have a guest on the show this week, so we don't really have much prepared. Yeah. The guest never got back to us. <laughs> You're like, well, it was a very, it was a very enthusiastic not getting back. To yeah, us. it was really astonishing. We we were in touch with this guest and uh, went back and forth, and Reba, I guess, had it all lined up, and then uh, nothing nothing happened. So, oh well. I think Reba might have dropped the ball. Oh, but Reba likes to slobber on that ball. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it was just a uh, oversight, or the uh, the guest was suddenly busy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but seriously, yeah. really, 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 people. Uh, well, let's just jump all over the place. Did you watch? What did you think? The kind of, of the kind of platform we offer here. <laughs> did you free of charge watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> I did. I did. Did you? I did. And we're in the we're in the Breaking Bad section of the show. Yeah. Now we're talking about Breaking Bad. Like speed. Yeah. Um. Uh. I was confused though because I thought that AMC was breaking the season into two parts, which they are. But I thought they were going to be bringing this part two back. Wait! 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 News break. Yeah. I just happened to be uh, hacking into Reba's email and. Just now, three minutes ago, from our guest, it says, Ack, Reba, I'm sorry I missed this. Can we do the week after next? Oh, so that's, oh, wow. So that's two weeks from now, yes? Yeah, I guess so, the week after next. All right, well, then we'll do our guest then. Doesn't help this go. show. <laughs> Maybe we could just read some of our guest's tweets. <laughs> make... How about that? That's a great idea. <laughs> Should we do that now? Sure. 
let me hack into my my Twitter account. Could we get a here? Let me let me get the orchestra to play some Twitter music, please. Is it possible that I forgot my Twitter password? Oh my god, we are such a... Why are we even bothering? What a mess. What a mess we are this week. Today is an absolute shit show. If we could only bring back that The Lost show from two weeks ago, what a what a glorious time that was. Remember that? Remember that when we were firing on all cylinders and we did a show that didn't get recorded? Ah, uh, the show of lore. I know. And all we got this week is Bill Clinton and his stool. <laughs> All right, there. That should do it. Hey, wait. Can I talk to you for a second over here? Yeah. Okay. What's the what's our password? What? What's your what? What's our password? Your uh, the password? I don't have the password. You changed the password. Remember, you were hacked, oh. and then you changed the password. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want you want me to an, uh, announce other passwords that you have? I mean, I know no, we're not no, on no. the air, right? Okay. Well, let's go back I mean, and do the it's show. It's not working. It's just clearly not working. Well, I have it saved here on my iPhone, but I'm using the iPhone to record right now. God, this is a terrible show. I apologize, listeners. That's all right. We're having to... No, we're not... Hold on. We have to go back. Hello, listeners? Hello, listener? Are you there? (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Well, safe to say that we will have a guest on two weeks from now. That's very exciting. So tune in two weeks from now. And for the rest of this show, uh, we can continue talking about Breaking Bad. Yes. Fine. Okay. Uh, But I was confused because I thought the show was going to come back in January, but it turns out the second half of the season isn't happening until next summer. They're making us wait a whole year until they air the second half. Oh wait, of the so that was it for that year? That's it until next summer. Yeah, we got an entire year until the rest of the series, the rest of the show. Uh, I I may lose interest. I don't like when they do that. I don't like it one bit. Well, but they, there's only eight shows left, so it's over. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a pretty good way for it to end, though. If you wanted it to end right there. You could go. Wow, I could I could have this show end right here and uh, use my imagination. Oh yeah, with him uh, declaring his outness. Yeah, him declaring his outness, and then Hank uh, putting it all together on the toilet. Yeah, that was. It's the devil's in the details. Yeah, devil's in the details, and it's his hubris. It's Hank's hubris or Hen- Walt's hubris. What a detailed analysis we have this week. Shit. I've been watching this is one of those shows. <laughs> I've been watching it's just it. one of those shows that we have occasionally where it's just like neither we're so committed to the show, but we're really not committed to doing the show. <laughs> I'm committed to doing the show. I just don't have anything prepared. I've been so busy this week and I've got a lot more things to do this week. Uh, and it's well, let's just talk about that. Just talk about what I have to do this week. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> hey, I am going to a, um, uh, a writer's conference at the end of the month. That's part of what I've been doing. Nice. Yeah, I've been writing. That sounds interesting. I've been working on my novel. That's part of what I've been doing is I rush through what I have to do in the morning, and then mm-hmm. I spend a good part of the afternoon trying to write until it gets ridiculously painfully hot in the house, and then I just get sleepy, mm-hmm. and then I end up going out in the evening. Uh, so, whew. And then I watch America's Got Talent. That's fair. You you watch the what's it what they call Got Talent? Isn't that the abbreviation? Uh, AGT is the abbreviation. Wow, I'm finding out that a listener that I suspected of being a Republican and Romney supporter is is confirming my suspicions. Oh, mutual friend of both of ours. Are you just looking at Facebook right now, or are you looking at Twitter? Yeah, you're just, you're just on. I'm Facebook. looking at Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting way to spend the show. Did you have you ever noticed on the side of the Facebook where it says you might like this, and yes. it says and it shows like so many people like this. I have a, a little over just shy of 700 friends, 680 something friends. What I do on Facebook. Damn. And and we can't get above 200 likes on on uh our show well again i i will say that i post a picture of my kid and i get like 30 thumbs up and six comments and i post a uh-huh, pic uh-huh. i post a comment about my 
listening to the Giants game on the radio and I get uh -huh. 30 thumbs ups and seven comments. And then I post a, a link to a radio commercial I did. And I said, hey, here's a radio commercial I did. And I get like two likes and one comment. So I don't know what it is yes. about people who like really enjoy my status updates and my pictures, but don't really enjoy hearing what I have to say when it's on a podcast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. The, I love the, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I dabble with the writing yeah. and I, I'll post things from time to time. Yeah. And I have a similar yield as you. And yet, in the same breath, I'll see like some story that was wired, you know, on the, you know, everybody's covering the same exact thing. And it's like, you know, post, everybody's posting the same thing. I'm like, oh, geez, I kind of wrote about that. Nobody wants to post what I wrote about it. Your friend? Well, and I noticed that thing that you described in The Lost Show. Maybe we could just try to recreate mm. The Lost Show again. Let's try and do it. We'll give it a we'll hack away at it. Okay. Uh, I know I talked about listener Trish and slow yes. not and not dancing with Vanessa at, in high school. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we also talked about the Succotash show. Um, yes. We were on it. Yeah. Featured. Featured. And then we were talking about what we were just talking about, which is the you writing an article for East Village Radio and mm -hmm. posting something on Facebook saying check out this article and like it and people liking your post instead of going to the article and liking the article. Yes. Which I explain also in my post, please go to click on the link below, right? Which will take you to the article yeah. and you don't even have to read the article. Just right above the article, right smack dab above the article. The, the minute you hit the link, it'll take you to a page and above that page, there's a like button yeah. for Facebook. I, you, hey, you, and you don't need to if me. you're reading it, you're already logged in and it'll automatically like it. Right. Click. Yeah. Tick. You don't even have to read the article. Uh, I, I did it. I did it and I retweeted it. There's two buttons. There's one for tweeting as well. Yeah, which I appreciate that. That's all I'm asking from, the, the, you know, and then I, it, they can't even get that right. Friends. Them. You. Them. That's what we're talking about. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like. I was talking with this um, with my wife the other day, and it's really difficult. Like people really will just do the absolute bare minimum, and Facebook now has really become that. It it before Facebook used to be actually people expressing their own thoughts, mm -hmm. and now all it is is people linking to things. Yeah, not my. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. There is very little of people expressing their own thoughts. I um uh, I I also did a, a radio And it's reflected in the stock price, by the way. Right. I did a radio commercial and uh hey, maybe we can do that right now. Do you want to hear my radio commercial? Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll make people listen to it, but I have a story here. And then next I'll read my review of the show <laughs> I saw. This is only 20 seconds long or 15 seconds long. Yeah, the radio commercial's right here. Under the tent in it. It is six to six. Not long ago, I went to Wells Fargo to talk about ways they could help with my business's cash flow. It often takes three days or more for merchants to get paid for many credit or debit card transactions. Exactly. Well, we could set you up with a merchant services account where you could get paid as soon as the next business day for most transactions. That was a conversation worth having, and the $100 reward for opening a new merchant services account made me feel even better. Wells Fargo. Okay, so there you go. That was me and uh, fellow voiceover artist Colette Whitaker, and I don't know who the guy at the end was, but that was during... I'm actually buying. I'm actually buying what you just sold me right now. Oh, good. That's how persuasive you were. Thanks. I, I enjoy your merchant services account then. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll need one at WDS. Um, but, you know, if I just posted that as an MP3 on Facebook, which I used to do in the past, to just post an MP3 uh -huh. and it puts a little link with a play button and it'll play the audio, um, I don't believe anybody would ever listen to it. So... What I what I thought would happen is if I created a YouTube video. So I recorded it. I found some picture of a radio. And I made a, a video here on my computer. And then I uploaded it to YouTube. And then I went to my Facebook page and said, hey, here's this radio commercial I'm in. It's a YouTube video. People just have to press play. Like there's nothing they need to do. And people seem to watch videos. So press play. And then I, you know, then I can go to YouTube and see how many times it's been listened to. And again, 
I get 30, 40, you know, lots and lots of people liking and checking. I know that there's people who look at my pictures because if 30 people give a thumbs up to a picture of me, then I know that mm -hmm. it, by virtue of the same way we know we have a lot of listeners, that there's a yes. bunch of people who saw it and didn't do anything, right? Because most people don't do yes. anything. They see it and then they, you know, oh, they look at it and move on. People to actually yes. do the effort of putting the thumbs up. So if 30 people do it, then let's say 100 people have seen it. And plus I have 680 friends, so probably more than that have seen it. I went to my YouTube video page this morning to check to see how many listens I had of that radio commercial. Six. It had been played six times. And I know at least three of those times were me just making it work <laughs> when I posted it. <laughs> oh, man. Ain't that the truth? Well, turnabout is fair play. Let me read some excerpts from my review. Okay. Uh, here, let me, uh, I'll, I'll cue up the uh, orchestra and we can play a little music below it. Oh, I like nice. Reading with Rob. Here okay. we go. Yes, Reading with Rob. It's, your, it's our own audio book. Yes. Title. Bob Duvet recounts epic tale of Nordic battle between mighty god Korg and four brave Swedes on NYC's Lower East Side. Last night was my 55th individual show of the year, putting me well over the century mark for total band scene. Sweden's holograms at the Mercury Lounge was a typical show for me. I went solo, the band went on late, and I was thwarted by the use of red stage lighting in my attempt to try and capture the proceedings in all its pixelated glory. And there was a near fight on stage by the band before going on to perform. Wait, that last bit was not typical, but very entertaining, and cast a pall over a set that is designed to cast a pall more generally. Want to hear more, listeners? What do they say to gmail.com? Because your emails mean so much, and I keep saying that Absolutely. until I stop saying it. Read it! Yep. And then like it. Like it. Make sure you like the article, not just the link. Not going to happen. All right. So, have we exercised those demons? Yes. Thank you. I feel like uh, this podcast is a lot better than both of those. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, what else is going on with you? So, you got your uh, writing group. Well, it's a writer's conference. It actually plunked down conference. 500 bucks to go to this conference. Wow. Well, so what does that mean exactly? What do you get? Do you get a swag bag? Well, I hope I get a hand job. But <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's a conference. I'm eating something right now. That's how dedicated to the show I am this morning. Usually there should be a, a nice uh, smattering of hookers if it's a conference. I like your chances. What's in Newport Beach? Are there a lot of Orange County whores? And they are actually, in fact, orange <sighs> due to the sun, the bright sun. Yeah. Oh God. Um, but it's a you know it's 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 a conference. So there are, um, according to the schedule that they have online, there's seminars one can go to where one sits in chairs and listens to somebody talk for forty five minutes about how to write and how to do whatever which I only feel is sort of helpful. And then there are kind of uh, read your thing and then get critique from the audience sections, um, which I think may be helpful or tedious, depending on what goes on. But the main reason I'm going is that they have a uh, pre-read uh, critique thing, advanced reader submission thing where I sent the first 20 pages of my book to two separate readers. One is a literary agent out of New York, and the other is a, I don't know what he is. He's a, he's a writer, reader, conference talker, expert kind of fella, editor. Um, mm -hmm. And I sent 20 pages down to both of them, and during the conference, I set aside 15 minutes with both of them to sit down and one-on-one -on -one get their ideas and notes and feedback from them. So the hope is that one or the other of them, or both of them, will be excited about the novel and about me, and either the literary agent will take me on or introduce me to someone who knows. Basically, it's a big networking event, and you know how good I am at uh, networking. I mean, you're not bad at networking. I'm not? 
I don't know. I, do you know something I know? <laughs> I just I I I I I don't know. I guess I will run into somebody and and hang. There there will be people that I will meet and people that I'll hang out with, and I will see what happens. But for five hundred bucks, I hope that something comes out of this, other than me just sitting in a room and listening to somebody on a stage tell me how plot works, because I already know how plot works and how to build characters and how to do all this stuff that I already know how to do bird by bird. I, I would bet that that's exactly what it's going to be. I, I believe that's good, what it's going to be too. So I want to, what I want to do is get in a room, like I say, I've been reading that apparently there's these sort of- Preferably a padded room. Preferably a padded room where people sit and read their works and then the group kind of talks about it and whatnot. And I think it's moderated to a certain extent by somebody. Um, I don't know how much good that does me to be in a room full of other people who are trying to get their books published and having them hear it. Um, uh -huh. But I do like the idea of getting critique and input from other people and networking with people because there may be somebody that I run into there who has an agent and does the same thing and goes, wow, your work's great. Let me bring it to my agent. You know, that kind of thing. Something may happen. Yeah. Who knows? Or it could be somebody that moonlights as a hooker and you can get that hand job. Yeah, good point. In fact, here's what I'll do right now for the next 45 minutes. I'll read the first 20 pages of my book while receiving a hand job. Do it! <laughs> yeah, because I need one. Oh, Lord. So, um, well, I hope you get your money's worth. Thank you. I don't know how that translates. I'm assuming that your money's worth for you would only translate into the aforementioned hand job or the uh, better case scenario, the aforementioned um, agent. Yeah, agent, six-figure book deal, movie rights, multi-picture deal, that sort of thing. That would be worth it to me. Oh, hey, I found, I got it up. I got uh, our, our potential guest Twitter. Hey, right on. One of the... Yeah, read one of the better tweets to give people a taste of who our guest will be. Okay. Wow. Bill Clinton says programs like a granddad, but arithmetic like somebody who kisses and means it. <laughs> See? That's our upcoming guest, hopefully, a week from next. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's just a little taste. Okay. Great. God, I can't get excited about much these days. I apologize, Jason listeners. Is it the humidity? It's, uh, it's the humidity. It's the, you know, I've been out here now for three months and it's been a real slug fest. Um, I thought you had a job. And, Aren't you um, catering now? Aren't you a cater bartender? Well, I, I do. I go, I train tomorrow for, train. for that job. And yeah. then hopefully that opens up a whole, you know, plethora of work, you know, a lot of events that I can schedule myself for great but as of right now i can't yet because i have to go through the training so we'll see well you picked a good time to you know, get into catering though because it's uh creeping up on that holiday season absolutely that's my hope you know my hope is that this is you know a a good uh a good time to get in and it, it you know send some cash my way which i'm all for you know i i am remaining optimistic i'm just tired tired of the whole search and I'm reading this book right now. Yeah. Are you going to read a little really bit of the book in. for us? <laughs> should, should I? <laughs> no. What's the book you're reading? Is it The Peter Principle? No, no. This book's called Rats, Observations on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Inhabitants, written by Robert Sullivan. Okay. It's a book I actually got back in 2002 oh. when I was working at The Onion. It was sent in like a review copy. Uh-huh. Nice hardback, you know. I still got the press release for it, and I kind of remember starting to you know, read it, and then was like, eh, "This is kind of creepy," and I put it away. But now that I'm back, and I have happened to see plenty of rats since I've been back, it seems relevant. So I want to read it. I want to confront my fear. Okay, maybe so you I've could. Uh, it. Maybe you could read it for the folks over at Audible.com. Hey. Hey, if you nice. <laughs> you forgot, this show is actually sponsored. We have a sponsor, and it's audibletrial.com <laughs> slash WDS. 
that if you go to audibletrial.com slash WBS, you can download a free audiobook. You can just sign up for their 14-day free trial. And if you go there and you type in exactly what I just told you, audibletrial.com slash WDS, the WDS stands for What Duvet Said, you can, uh, we get a little kickback for you doing that, and it keeps the show on the air and keeps us running. And you get a free audiobook, and you get a free trial of everything that they got out there at audible.com. And you can uh, get a free book every month if you want to, or just sign up and buy the best audiobooks possible. Possibly one read by Rob, or maybe you can just listen to Fifty Shades of Grey, which everybody seems to be reading right now. And they have it right there yeah, for my wife free at audibletrial.com slash WDS. You can listen to Fifty Shades of Grey. You can listen to The Hunger Games. You can listen to all of these great books that everybody out there is listening to. Or reading or talking about audibletrial.com slash WDS, audibletrial.com slash WDS. Rob, tell me more about this book. Well, this book is uh, it's all about rats and where they come from and, and, and you know, truths, untruths. No, actually, the rat, I think, uh, originally, the one that we, oh, God. <laughs> the one that uh, we know, the common ratus novocus. Oh, it's not Rattus Rattus? Uh, <laughs> Rattus Vogivius uh, is a Norwegian rat. It's a brown rat. I think out there in L.A., though, you guys get black rats. Uh, That's what I'm told. I don't know. I haven't seen the rats. Rattus Rattus. But there's a, a chilling story in here that I can't quite seem to find. Great. Oh, yes, here it is. Just like this show. One of the mo- I'll read it. Should I read it? Yes, please. I'll give you some more read. Rob Reads, part two. (laughs) One of the most amazing rat skirmishes ever happened downtown. Wait. (laughs) Take two. Not easy, listeners. One of the most amazing rat skirmishes ever happened downtown in 1979. What? One of the most amazing rat skirmishes ever happened downtown in 1979. Rob Reads. (laughs) Oh, I see. I'm reading it wrong. One of the most amazing rat skirmishes ever happened downtown in 1979 when a woman was attacked by a large pack of rats. It happened on a summer night just after 9 o'clock. The woman was described by witnesses as being in her 30s. She was on Ann Street, right near the entrance to Theater Alley. Judging from the various accounts, she seems to have been approached by the rats as she was walking toward her car. She also seems to have noticed the rats coming near her, their paws skittering on the street. Witnesses said the rats swarmed around her. One climbed her leg and appeared to bite her. The woman screamed. A man nearby ran to help the woman, taking off his jacket and waving it in an attempt to scare the rats away. Gallant. The man told the police that <laughs> the man told the police that the rats appeared undeterred by anything he did, and in a second they began to climb up his coat. Seeing this, the man ran to the phone and called the police. By now, the woman was in a state of hysteria. According to another witness, she, the woman, was in a state of hysteria. According to another witness, sorry, <laughs> she staggered to her car. As opposed to she, the rat. Yes, she staggered to her car, which was parked a few yards away. The rats followed her. She got in, closed the door. Now the rats were climbing on her car. She was screaming when she drove away. The woman was gone by the time the police arrived, but the rats were still there, scurrying through the street and into Theater Alley and into their nest in a lot of Ann Street just around the corner. How terrifying is that? Oh, my God. New York dropped dead. Absolutely. So... I'm reading this book filled with all kinds of tales like this. And I get off the subway the other night and I get off 79th Street and Broadway. I'm walking up, uh, you know, between Broadway and Amsterdam on 80th. And lo and behold, just, you know, a few yards away, I see not one, not two, but it must have been like 15 or 16 rats scurrying back and forth across the sidewalk. And I'm like, you know, you you freeze kind of when you see that. You stiffen up. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's fucking tons of them. And they were all varying sizes, big ones, little ones. And they were literally just going back and forth across the sidewalk. I guess they had found a food source and they were carrying it back and forth. And so I see this guy. And I think he was Russian, judging from his accent. And he sees me stopped. And he looks. 
and he says to me, what are you afraid? <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, but yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't like rats. He's like, you're afraid. I'm like, well, I, I don't, they're creepy. I don't want them touching me. He's like, huh. And he's going along. I don't know what he was doing. He might have been like a super or something like that, but he was like, you know, had a broom in one hand and he was moving garbage around, probably causing them to scurry back and forth now that I think about it. And I, so I kind of quickly hop step across the path. And as I do, I look and literally like I see a rat poking out of a, you know, a car wheel where it has those, you know, mag sort of rims or whatever where there's holes in them. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a rat like popping out of that. And I go, oh, I got a quick step through it. And the guy's like, oh, oh, oh. so I get a little further down the block and I turn around. And I just want to view it, you know, just watch them go back and forth because I'm fascinated now. And he sees me. He's like, oh, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm watching the rats go back and forth. Oh, you're afraid. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. I'm afraid. I'm like, they're creepy. I, and I'm, I'm fascinated by them. And I wanted to get into a conversation with him about how I'm reading this book on rats. And then I thought I'd be lost in this guy. I'm not even going to bother. But isn't that creepy? Don't you think a little creepy? It's a little creepy, but at the same token, I would have gone with the angle that if I were walking across a field and sprinklers were on, I would not want to walk through the sprinklers. So if I was walking down a street and there was a stream of rats, I would not want to walk through the rats. Yes, right? Especially since now I know that they like to climb up your leg, apparently, or attach themselves to a waving jacket (laughs) exactly did you say it was a pod of rats is that what he described it a pod of rats i i don't think so Uh, i was wondering what what a collective of rats are like a you know like a school of fish or you know a pod of dolphins or whatever reba all right sorry had to get that in troop of monkeys Uh, are monkeys troops? Monkeys so are troops. I also noticed something else though. Since been reading a this scurry book, of since squirrels. Been reading this book, yes. <laughs> a skulk of foxes. I think. All right, go ahead. I think maybe the most fascinating of all rats are the native New Yorkers that I see on the streets every day. You're describing the people themselves as rats, then? Yeah, because it's weird. They make rat-like faces. They tend to scurry. They're very much, there's teams of them, and they honestly, like, they're skittish, too. A a New Yorker walking about just kind of moves about quickly. When they decide they want to do something, they just pivot and spin and do it, irregardless of if, you know, a bunch of people are breathing down their necks. A clouder of cats. (laughs) They really do make these rat-like faces. They're kind of like their nose are crinkled up like they've sniffed something terrible and they have kind of like worn beady eyes. I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere. Perhaps I should stop reading this book because it's really tainting my experience of living it. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you are Rat Boy. <laughs> I, I've been described as such. <laughs> you should read Mouse, that book, M-A-U-S, Mouse. Then you'll really, oh, then you'll really? really realize what's going on. Interesting. I will. Yeah. I will put that on my reading list. So yeah, that's why that's my my rat analogy. Okay, but it's true. If you're out here sometime, Jay, so I'm gonna walk you around the streets. I'm gonna, I'll point out a few people that I think might be uh, linked to the Radis Novagivus. A gaze of raccoons. <laughs> uh, what else should we talk about? Well, the good news is, believe it or not, we've actually sort of talked our way through an entire show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we could talk about what you're doing this weekend, and I could name some more animal collectives. Um, Yeah, we'll do a little bit of both. I am going to train, as I mentioned, to become a bartender at a catering company on Friday. If that goes well, I've tried to pick up the Saturday night shift. So potentially I could actually be working this weekend. And if I'm not, I am probably going to try and uh, see a rock band that I've wanted to catch for some time playing a club uh, out here. They're called the Dirty Fences. And uh, that's about it. I don't think anything overly exciting. Um, Watching the spending, so uh, not going to really do anything too thrilling. The thrill is gone, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's just another city. I wanted so bad to be out here, and now I realize it's just another city. Yeah, I sort of had a feeling that this was going to happen to you. I believe the over-under was six months. Oh, really? Who were you talking about this with? I think I was talking with you about it. Oh. <laughs> what did I pick? I don't remember. I think you I think you said that you would not get tired of it and that you just needed to get out of San Francisco and New York was... No, just... I, I believe that to be true. Yeah. I, I think once I get working at some reasonable clip that that'll open up a whole world for me. A, it'll be access to maybe some, some friends. It's hard out here because we don't have a lot of people. The ones we do have are either in Jersey with families or live out in Brooklyn and don't tend to go into the city that much. And then if they do, people don't like to do what I like to do and I realize how kind of into what I like to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think what you Maybe need that's something is... to talk about, perhaps. This could, we could ilk a few minutes out of this. You, uh, you. I think you need a group of friends that you can that can invite you to things that you choose is too difficult to go to, and then you'll feel better about yourself. You think so? Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I mean, I, if I had some people that like to go see music as much as I do, it would be f nice. You know, It'd be fun. Uh, or just people in general that like to get together and do things. But it seems like people out here. Um, the friends that we do know, they're as entrenched in their favorite places and their daily that um, they they go to the same places and they, they do the same things. And it's just stuff that I feel like in New York I want to see as much as possible. So I don't need to go to the same bar in Chelsea every weekend. Right. You don't want to become like the the people on How I Met Your Mother. Exactly. Yeah, they're always in the same spot, right? Yeah, they always go to the same bar. Like, like I don't mind having a local. That That's okay. But what I don't enjoy anymore, and I know you're going to like do a, a, a triple take on this one, is I don't enjoy just sitting in bars for the sake of sitting in bars all night long. A hover of trout. <laughs> I don't like sitting in bars either, and I've, I've considered it like uh, – like, you know, I don't I don't get out. Well, I do. I, I mean, I've been out almost every night this week. So to say I don't get out much is a is a is, is a misnomer. Um, mm -hmm. But it's I know it seems to be obligation. And uh, rarely is it something that I'm doing to enjoy uh, specifically for the company of others. I mean, I, you know, I, it, I don't quite know what I'm saying, but I I'm, I'm missing the crucial element that. I feel like I need to enjoy it, which is basically someone to go with me, I suppose, would be the, the thing. Yeah, that's I, what I'm talking about, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I'm missing the, the, the accompaniment. I, I show up by myself, I see people, and then I leave by myself, and I don't really have someone on my arm. Um, uh, and... Um, uh, the, uh, but, so I thought, you know, maybe some nights I would go to a bar. I'd go like, well, let me go to the Hyatt Bar. <laughs> sit around see if i can meet somebody or go there's bars all over los angeles but i don't drink for one thing and then i don't know like how does that work do i just go and sit at the bar and assume someone's going to talk to me and then suddenly i'll make friends and what kind of friends am i going to make at a bar i guess people well go to i bars. think i think that is kind of what happens i think if you do put yourself and you're sitting there it, it, it's fairly easy sometimes to strike up a conversation depending on the place you know, if it's a place where everybody seems to know each other already, it's hard to bust in, you know, like, you guys playing cards? Um, but I, I think that you have to go to a place a lot to sort of earn people's trust. Yeah. And then they have seen you and so they're like, oh, yeah, you've been in here before. You know, or, or maybe if you're lucky enough, there's a good bartender there who kind of will bring you into the fold, you know. Yeah, I just think I'd be better suited to. There's a restaurant up the street from me, um, like five, literally five minutes up the street, uh, where they have what's called a writer's room in the side there. Mm -hmm. And I could just, I've considered that instead of sitting here in my hot room or sitting in my easy chair and writing, to grab my mm -hmm. laptop and walk up the street and sit there for an hour, have a cup of coffee or a Coke or whatever. And uh, just sit there every day and get some writing done. And then, you know, the waiters will know me and then the people who haunt there will see me and then I'll, I'll strike up conversations and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I'm I think that's lonely, uh, Rob. 
Well, I mean, I think, I, but the, that to me sounds both productive and a good way to meet people. Here, um, I, I, I suppose I need to get more involved in things. You know, obviously working. You know, if I work a lot of these catering events, I'm sure I'll work with the same people. Then maybe afterward you go out and, you know, have a drink somewhere and you get to know somebody. Um, like you mentioned, I want to, there's an improv group that's, that uh, performs on Sundays or it's a class. And uh, it's a couple blocks from the house. I'm thinking, geez, that might be a nice way to meet some people and kind of get out there. To go see improv performed or to be a participant? No, in no, actually be a part of the group. They charge $10 a class and the class is on Sunday. And I think you just go. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a deal. I would go do that for $10 a class. They have UCB down yeah. the street from me and they don't. I thought, well, I'll go to UCB. And then it was like, no, it's $400, and you don't actually rehearse at UCB. You rehearse down on Melrose. So it was like a big old pain in the ass and expensive. Yeah, no, this sounds like it's a good deal. I don't know what the deal is. I haven't really looked into it, so I need to do that. But I think that would be a nice way to meet some folks. Um, you know, there's, there's things out there. I just got to participate. I think the thing that plagued me in San Francisco will be the thing that plagues me in New York is a lack of participation. Mm, yeah, there you go. So I got to no, I know that. So knowledge is power. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I have to power through my own inertia. Right. A bloat of hippopotami. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? You have your conference. That's all weekend long, I would hope. Uh, the conference is not until two weeks from now. It's uh, later on okay. in the month. And I have to find someone to take care of my dog. So that's weighing heavily on me. This weekend, I I have movie screenings. I'm going to go Friday night to go see a film called Lawless, which I don't really know much about. Um, but it seems mm -hmm. to be one of those gangster movies set in the period. Um, and it's got Shia LaBeouf in it. So I don't know how excited I am about that happening. But, you know, really? free movie. So I'm going to go see that. And then another screening on Saturday for a film called Compliance, which I understand is supposed to be very disturbing. Um do you remember the story about the McDonald's employee that there was like a crank call to the manager of the of the McDonald's and they oh, told the yes yeah told the manager that the employee was wanted for like terrorism or something so he, the guy on the phone convinced the manager to take the employee in the back room and like Make her, made her take her clothes off and do jumping jacks and then actually perform oral sex on him all on the phone. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how... The, the, if somebody did that to me, I would like to think I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't seem relevant. Yeah, I, I would think I wouldn't do that as well. So they've made a film out of it, which I, I understand is like really disturbing, but also good or something. I don't know. Whatever. Uh -huh. Again, I'll go see that. And then I'm weighing the idea of going to see a play this weekend it's called reclining nude on la cienega um i would huh. encourage every everyone in our within the sound of my voice to go see it it's opening this weekend it's at the lillian stage at the elephant theater on santa monica um it's a one woman show with uh she's a comedian it's quite funny she paints it's poignant it's supposed to be quite quite wonderful um, so I may go see that, but it is opening weekend and I might like hold off and see it when it's not quite so busy, but, uh, that's something I might be doing as well. And everyone else should see it too. There you go. So I'm, I'm on Facebook right now. Um, <laughs> good <laughs> question. Do you see, find it odd or strange people wish each other like happy anniversaries on Facebook? Um, do I think it's odd? Uh, yeah, I do think it's a little odd now that you mention it. I mean, are you not like right next to the person? Well, Did it's you the... forget to wish him a happy anniversary <laughs> in the morning and now it's midday and it dawned on you. So the best way to reach your husband or wife of 15 years is to post something on Facebook. Well, I, I, I will say this, that the post where I see, you know, when you see on Facebook, when someone says it says someone's name and then there's a little arrow and then the other person's yes. name that shows that they've yes. posted on their wall and it says, hey, uh -huh. happy anniversary. Those make me kind of go, really? But the ones where someone says, 
10 years ago, I met the woman of my life and I uh -huh. really mean something to me. And I would just like to say, ha like, those don't bother me because that feels sincere and feels like someone actually speaking from their heart and doing what Facebook is. They, they talk about. But who are they? Who are they speaking to? Well, they're friends. They're saying to all their friends. Uh, it's like giving a speech at a, you know, at a wedding or a toast or something. You stand up and say, listen, I'd like to share this with everybody. Uh, this person means a lot to me, and I'd like to share this to everybody I know because I'm shouting it from the mountaintops, uh, my, my love for this person. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't bother me. But the I'm wishing you a happy birthday in the same way that it's like, I mean, happy anniversary, like, hey, happy birthday, happy anniversary. That feels a little like I'm going to show everybody that I'm doing this instead of I want to share with everybody that I want to do this. Mm -hmm. See, I have an opposite reaction to what you just described. I'm surprised. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like that's a private thing that you would want to say to that person. And um, if you want to, if you want to have the toast moment, you would have it at a dinner that you've organized or a party not, you know, because I'm looking, I have what 300 and something friends here and not every one of them would need to know that. Well, but you can you can adjust who you post things to on Facebook. But nobody does that. You know, and I know that nobody does that. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I will just post things to specific people. I, I don't specific, particularly need my daughter and my daughter's friends. I'm friends with some of my daughter's uh, my friends, you know, they add me on Facebook. So I'm like, okay, I'll be friends with these people who are my daughter's friends, but I don't particularly need them knowing that it's my 10 year sobriety date. You know, Hey, I've been 10 years sober today. You know, I, I will say post this to everybody except for these people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm still not convinced. Okay, well, tell you what, why don't I let you get back to Facebook? We'll let whoever bothered to listen to this show get back to whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> whoever bothers to listen to this show. <laughs> and we will, uh, we promise that we'll have much more next time and an exciting mystery guest. Uh, We've been promising quite a bit lately. Yeah. We know writing checks that our ass may not be able to pass. Yeah, we will deliver and we will see you all next time. Can you tell me what did they say? Did you hear? What did they say? Can you hear? What did they say? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.